Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. for a moment and really tap into um, the spirit that is within us, that out of the depth of our souls and out of our spirit and out of all of our being, we can commune with an almighty God. And so whatever praise, whatever adoration that we have for God, it should come from our belly, it should come from the place and the space that we know that that's where we commune with him. Because we can sing and we can say a lot. But everything that we do should come from a fire that's set down way on the inside. And if you're here this morning and you know that you've been in times in your secret place where it wasn't a song, it wasn't necessarily anything else, but just you and God, and you knew that God was present, can you just wave at me? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know when God shows up. Amen. We just thank God. Um, for his presence and his power. I'm just going to pray and we're going to get to it. I mean, I'm excited about the word this morning. And I pray that you will be open and available to receive the word. Amen. Because God does not make mistakes. He hits his target. God, we love you. God, we slow down and we just pause and we just, God, we just thank you for your presence. God, you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. God, you are El Shaddai. The Lord strong. And mighty. God, you are Elohim. God, you are the creator. That everything that is, God, you created. We are your people and you are our God. God, we thank you, Lord, because you are a big God and while you sit high, you look low. So, God, we pray now that you would, God, just have your way. For the preaching of the gospel is to some foolishness. But unto those who are saved, it is the power of God. God, let now the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart prove to be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. God, scoop us up, hold us close, rock us in your arm. Whisper in our ear. Fillet our hearts and our minds that we might be open and available to receive from you. God, deposit your anointing, God. We ask, Lord, that you would just do a new thing. Let your fresh wind blow in this place, God. From the east side to the west side, from the north wind and the south wind, let it, let it just roar through. God, we ask, Lord, that you would just touch that body, God, that needs the healing. God, that you would touch that heart that is broken. God, we pray, Lord, that your mighty hand, God, would move now. God, and just mend the relationship that has been strained. God, we ask, Lord, that you would spread your wings and cover us with your feathers. God, we need you like never before. While we're excited and we look forward to your arrival, God, we know that you're already here. So we love you and we adore you. We thank you. Even now, 
In Jesus' name. If I say amen. 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 If I'm in the right place, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, there is a word from the Lord. Um, you know, I hate the devil, and I know I'm not by myself. I do. The devil, the enemy, Satan, always comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Come to kill our dreams and to steal our hope and destroy our families. And we could see him coming. Because he comes at us the same way every time. Whatever it is that you struggle with, that's how he comes at us. Some of us, we struggle with finances. Some of us, we struggle with our faith. Some of us, we struggle with family members. Whatever it is, he's going to come up with that. And we know he's coming. It's going to be the same way every time. And so I'm saying to somebody right here, right now, that we will shame the devil. That when we see him coming, we're going to rebuke the devourer. We're going to stand on the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. That as a, as a child of God, we stand on what is real. And what is real is an almighty God. Who, for us, sent a little baby. In a manger. But the message this morning is that, uh, and I'm going to say it again. Um, The miracle is not in the manger. The miracle is in the message. Because until the message of the Messiah was believed by a little girl named Mary, we wouldn't have a manger. And so what I want to press us to is think about the message. We get all kind of messages around Christmas. We get them on our phones. We get them on our tablets. We get Facebook, instant messenger. We got people talking to us. We got things popping up all the time with messages. And I just want to center us on the message of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who came down so that and gave his life that we might live. And if we could just stay there for just for a little while, we'll let God be God. Amen. Kids are funny. I'm sorry. I was sitting over there and I was watching these kids. They are so funny. They just couldn't keep still and one would drop their light and they'd go get it. It was just, it was just, just like us. They're just like us. I can't imagine how God is up there looking at us and saying, look at my son, my daughter. Just can't keep still. Just can't just do what I'm asking them to do. Just can't participate with the program. Just can't follow what I'm at, my instructions. Look at my son and my daughters. Just like us. Beautiful. Loved. Cared for. Needed but can't keep still. (laughs) All right, we're going to get where we're going. All right, so here's the thing. This is Advent, and joy is really the focus. Listen, there's a difference, Pastor Pastor John said it, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness has to do with what happens. You need something to happen so you can have happiness or you'll be unhappy. Joy has to do with something that you know about that's somewhere on the inside, that it don't matter what's going on in your life, that you found a way to have joy, unspeakable joy. And once you find joy, it does not matter what happens. When you know that, that there's a joy that you tap into because of what you know that you know that you know. That there's an experience that you've had that nobody can take away from you because that's your God. And this joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. I wonder if anybody got some joy this morning because there ought to be some praise on the inside. 
Hey, if there's no other place that we can come and let our hair down and do our praise dance, it's got to be the church. Amen. When you think about the goodness of the Lord and all that he has done for you, my soul cries out. I don't do the alligator arms because, God, you've been good. No, God, you've been so good to me. And if, God, if it wasn't for you, I don't know where I would be. Am I talking to anybody right now? Did God rescue you from any situation? All right, look. Uh, all right, in Philippians 4, the priest would enter in and say, rejoice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Say, let your moderation be known to all men. Why? Because the king is coming. He's on his way. Understand this. Um, for unto us, the prophet said, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. The government, the, the kingdom, the ruler, he will have it all. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. That's who we come to celebrate today. So I want to caution you, though. Um, the message is a message of hope. The message is a message of, of humility. It's a message of healing. When you think about the life of, of, of Elizabeth and the life of Mary, you think about the life of Zechariah and Joseph, the message is the most important thing. They send us a message this morning. But I'll stop by to tell somebody, the miracle of Christmas is not in the manger. We can't even get to the manger we can't even get to that place if we don't understand the message. All right, don't be distracted by the messenger and miss the message. Don't be distracted by the messenger and miss the message. Gabriel showed up in the temple when Zechariah was about his father's business. Zechariah was burning incense in the temple. And Gabriel, the angel, showed up in the midst of his duty, in the midst of him burning incense, as a messenger from the Lord. When he showed up, Zechariah was alarmed. And Gabriel said, don't be afraid. He said, you okay? I got you. I'm saying to somebody, maybe it's you in here. When, when the messenger shows up, when God, when the word from God comes to you, Sometimes it could alarm us because we don't think that God can use us. We don't think that God can take who we are and use us for his glory. We don't think we're good enough, even though Zechariah was a man that was a good man. It was a man who followed the commands of God. It was a man who was doing things and would say it was not blameless. He was not sinless, but he was not blameless because he wasn't doing anything that could mean cause fault with this common man. But that same man who was righteous... When the messenger showed up, was distracted by the message. The same Zechariah, when, when the angel told him that there will be a son born from your wife Elizabeth, it was the same Zechariah who said, oh, I'm too old for that. My wife is barren. She's been barren. She's not been able to conceive. We're too old. Sometimes we miss the message because of the messenger. But I'm saying to somebody, maybe God does not show up now as an angel. But now he shows up through his Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will 
will, will give us a message. It will speak to us as we read in the word of God. Sometimes when you're reading, it's something will jump off the page. And that's for you. But you don't want to apply it to you because it can't be for me because I'm a lowly estate, because I'm obscure, because I'm not um, a leader, because I'm not a, a royalty. And so it can't be for me. It's for you. When the Holy Spirit shows up in his word and there's a word from the Lord, we have to apply it to our hearts. If Mary didn't apply the word to her heart, we would have never got to the manger. For us, we got to know that God may, sometimes he may, God may use someone we didn't expect for him to use. And I'm going to do it this way and then I'm going to do it that way. Sometimes God wants to use you to be an angel, to extend your hand and help somebody who can't help themselves. Sometimes God wants to use you. And see, and at this point of the message, it's the crucial part. Because if we don't believe what God is speaking to our hearts, then we reject it and we never get to the manger. The miracle happens at the message. Sometimes God wants to use you to speak life into someone else. God wants to use you because of your relationship, because of the way you've been living your life, to speak life into somebody else. But if God is saying, say it. If God is saying, call them, if God is saying, go by, if God is saying, be patient, sometimes we're saying, well, he can't be talking to me. The Holy Spirit can't be coming to me because I'm not mature. I'm not the one who understands. If he said it, that settles it. Yes, he can use you. Sometimes God wants to, sometimes God wants to use someone else. Sometimes, listen, can I just say this? We have a strong excuse me, prayer team. And they come up here and they've been praying and they are ready. Our prayer team is ready. And sometimes we have so much need that we come in with the things we have need. We come in with all of our issues and problems and situations. And we never come up for prayer. And God is ready to speak life into your situation. Just come up. God will use other people. Yes, he'll use his word. Yes, he'll use circumstances. Yes, the Holy Ghost will speak to you. He will also use other people all throughout the Bible. What am I saying? This house is full of all of the equipping that we need. It makes no sense to come into this house and leave the same way you came. Don't be distracted by the messenger. And miss the message. Yes, there are people just like you people, but God uses people. He works his Holy Ghost through other people. And they're prophetic words that will come for your life. In the text, before we get to what was read, when Gabriel was on assignment for a couple annunciations, there was a couple announcements that he had. One was for Zechariah and for Elizabeth. One was for Mary and for Joseph. It was a crucial time for Mary to understand, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And can we just start with the word of God? Can you, if God, as, as this word comes forward and you hear this in your ears and, and, and 
God is speaking to someone saying, your situation is not too big for me. The thing you're going through, I know you've been praying for a while. And I know that um, it seems like I'm absent. And uh, my delay does not mean my denial that your prayers have been heard. God says, but I need you to grind. I need you to keep coming. I need you to keep praying. I need you not to give up. He's saying, because nothing shall be impossible, Mary. Because, Mary, you need to understand that this is not going to be according to logic. It's not going to be according to what is natural. This is supernatural. This is spiritual. So Mary got to a place and said, Behold, I'm your servant. I'm your handmaid. Be it unto me according to your word. <laughs> oh, is it good? It's, it's, when we get to a place in our lives where we say, God, I don't really see it. I don't really understand it, but I know you said it, and I'm going to move in it. God, I, I can't tell. Matter of fact, I can't even share it because I don't fully understand it, but God, I know you're pounding on my chest, and I know it's you, so God, I'm going to walk in your will. Mary said, be it unto me according to thy will, according to thy word. That is the miracle. That is the message. Because she said and believed that. Then we get the manger. It is at the point the message comes. It's at the point where you know it's God. Do you believe him or not? The message cannot be manifested if it's not first believed. The manger is a manifestation of what she believed. It was conceived here and birthed in the manger. There is something because the moment you believed, what was impregnated in you was greatness. When you said yes to the Lord, greatness entered in. There was a seed of greatness in you that allowed for you to be, to be reborn. At the moment, how can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? When we hear, when we understand, then it's a matter of accepting. Do we believe it or not? In her Magnificat, in her song, Mary says this, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. This happened after she visited Elizabeth. This happened after she had been recognized and, and, and John the Baptist leaped in the womb of Elizabeth upon her visitation. Her song says, For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. He heard my prayers. He sees me. He saw me. Mary, this obscure, poor little girl who was praying to God, looking for the Messiah to come because she understood Mary was of the house of David. She understood that was the Messiah coming. And so from this, she says, and from now on, wait, not just uh, upon the manger, but every generation, from generation to generation, will understand and know I'm blessed. Don't get distracted by the messenger and miss the message, because the message is the most important piece. I'll do one more, and then we'll get to the next part. Elijah, okay, Second um, Kings 5, if you read Elijah, this is Naaman. If you're familiar with Naaman, Naaman was a mighty warrior. Naaman was someone who 
was well respected. The king loved Naaman because Naaman was the one who was the commander of the army. Naaman was strong, but Naaman had an issue. He had leprosy. He was strong. He was positioned. He was, but he had an issue. What's your issue? What are you dealing with? The king at the time and Naaman, they had taken over and took captive Israel. And when they took captive Israel, there was a young girl who was given to Naaman's wife as a maid, a handmaid. And this young girl was from Israel. And this young girl believed in the prophet, believed in God. This young girl told Naaman, who she started to love, and his wife said, why don't you go to Elisha, the prophet? He can heal you. Don't let the messenger distract you from getting the message. This is a little Israelite girl, handmaid, who understood the truth about God. And told Elisha, why don't you go to Israel to the prophet Elijah and he can heal you. And at that point, the wife and Naaman went to the king and said, can I go? The king gave him a letter, gave him silver, gave him gold. Naaman took off on his chariots and his horses. He got all the way to the door of Elisha. And when Elisha heard that Naaman was there, Elisha, the prophet, sent his servant with a message. Say, go wash seven times in the Jordan. Naaman's like, what? He ain't going to come out to see me? Don't he know who I am? He going to send a messenger to come out and tell him? He said, I'm gone. Ain't that something? You're the one with leprosy. You're the one with the issue. You got the person who can heal you, but because you don't like the messenger, you're not going to receive the message. Naaman was mad, so he got on his way. Second piece I want you to know and understand, don't be distracted by the method and miss the miracle. Don't be distracted by the messenger and miss the message, but don't be distracted by the method and miss the miracle. And I'm going to stick with Naaman for a little bit, and I'm going to come back. Naaman left, but his servant said, Master, if he had told you, had come out and and waved his hands over you and did some kind of miraculous method, wouldn't you have received it? He said, if he had told you to go and do something else, he said, but the method, so the problem is we may have to go through some things we don't want to go through. We've been praying for something. God may have already answered our prayer, but it does not look like what we wanted to. Sometimes we pray and we think we know exactly what we need. We know exactly the way we need to have it done. And God, you have not answered yet because you have not done it the way I've expected. God says, Isaiah 55 says, my ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above your thoughts. Matter of fact, you can't even comprehend what I'm doing. God says, so how is it the creator going to tell the creator what he should do? When he already knows what we have need. Sometimes the method in which we have to receive the blessing prevents us from getting to the miracle. In the text, Mary asks, I'm a virgin. How how is this going to work? 
She wasn't saying, oh, I don't believe this is going to work. I'm too young. She wasn't saying, oh, I, I don't think there's a Messiah coming. She just wanted to know, I'm a virgin. How is this going to work? What's the methodology? And at that point, Gabriel says to her, the Holy Ghost will overcome you. And there will be a, a mysterious but miraculous conception. Don't you know that every child is a mysterious and miraculous conception? We don't know the point in time. It's a secret. We don't know when exactly. It could have been that time. But how and when, we don't know. So the Holy Ghost will overcome Mary, but he could not come. The, 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 the king, the Messiah, could not come in the same line of Adam. He had to come differently from uh, humans. He had to be of the Holy Ghost. And it was at that point Mary said, uh, be it unto me. I'm with you. Um, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be, be holy. Not of the sin nature of Adam. Holy, set apart. And will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative, watch this. Your relative Elizabeth is pregnant in her old age. You might wonder, well, why is that important? This is what God will do. God knows that we are sometimes think in a box. And that sometimes mm, we need an example. Sometimes we need encouragement. Sometimes we need somebody else to walk with us. Somebody to be an example of what we're going through. Sometimes what God needs more is that he understands that we, he don't need it. But God says we need somebody to prepare the way. So here comes uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and God sends John the Baptist, who uh, the same uh, impossible from our standpoint that God says to, to Elizabeth and to, to, to Zechariah that you're going to have a son in your old age. Now, I'm just going to say it. They got to believe it at some point, but even in believing it, you got to put it to the test. The Bible says that five months later, Elizabeth was pregnant. You can believe it in one way, but you got to put that into action in another way. There was only one immaculate conception. There was only one. So, so, so both Elizabeth and Zechariah in their old age had to move forward in procreating, putting their faith to action. So I don't know. who. There are some things God wants to do right now, and you can't see it. Matter of fact, you believe in it. And I'm just going to say, faith the size of a mustard seed has its power, but you're not walking in it. There's some things that seems impossible to you because it doesn't make sense. The things that make sense, the things that you can see, the th you don't need faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. My Bible tells me that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because even when we come unto him, we must believe that he is because he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So at some point, our faith has to be action. So here it is that because of their action, Mary has a cousin who now, Gabriel says, in the message, says to her, um, by the way, your cousin is pregnant her old age. He didn't say, so go see her to affirm your faith. He didn't say any of that. All he did was gave her the message. 
But when she believed, when Mary believed, the angel left. And after he left, Mary found her way to Elizabeth's house. And she found her way to Elizabeth's house. I don't know how long it took for her to get there. I don't know the terrain. I don't know the distance. She didn't, the Bible didn't say that Joseph went. I don't know the issues she faced as a woman traveling alone. But she found her way to the encouragement. <laughs> she found her way to the example. She found her way to her cuz. She walked in the door. And at the moment she walked in the door, Elizabeth said, whoa, something just happened. The baby that is in my womb leaped for joy because of the presence of God. I'm just saying, every once in a while, maybe it's at home, maybe it's in the closet, maybe, don't do it so much in the shower. Sometimes we ought to leap for joy. We ought to give God praise. I wonder if anybody was willing to stand on your feet and give God praise. And I wonder, even with your hurt knees and your butt, if you would just leap a little bit for your God. For God I live and for God I die. I wonder if anybody. Because of the presence of an almighty God who leaped every once in a while. Amen. Amen. Jesus. When God shows up, he'll make the crooked straight in the rough plain. When God shows up, he'll turn darkness into light. When God shows up, he'll turn your pain into joy. When God shows up, there ought to be something different. When you know it's him. Elizabeth said, oh, blessed art thou, Mary. Oh, you're blessed among women. There's some, Bible says she raised her voice. She magnified him. She exalted the name of the Lord. She gave honor and praise because he was present in her house. Oh, something, something, something ought to happen when we know God is in the house. He does it for an example of encouragement. When God shows up, it's for us. When we have an experience, when we know that's God, that's why we don't need happiness. We got joy. Because we know him. In that visitation, during that time, Elizabeth gave all this praise and honor to Mary. And then Mary turns around and gives all the praise and honor to God. That's how we got the Magnificat, Mary's song. That's why the message is a message of hope. Here's this young, lowly estate girl, and God heard her prayers. God has blessed her not only at the moment, but from generation to generation. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but when, listen, this is something that stood out to me. The Bible told, uh, Gabriel told uh, Zechariah. He said that the baby, John the Baptist, will be blessed from his mother's womb. That shook me up. That tells me that you can receive the Holy Spirit as a baby. Uh, because of your faith, mom and dad, because of what you believe, the Holy Ghost can come upon your child, not just in the womb, but because of your faith. 
And so we got this song, and I'm, I'm just going to finish here. Uh, Naaman, we probably got the story on Naaman. By the way, Naaman did go dip seven times and got his healing, amen. Um, don't be distracted. Wait, don't be distracted by the messenger and miss the message. Don't be distracted by the method and miss your miracle. But don't be distracted by your misery and miss the mercy. Sometimes we're overcome with grief. Sometimes we don't know if we're going to make it to tomorrow. Sometimes we don't know why, God, if you are able and nothing is impossible, why don't you move right now? God, why do I have to struggle with all of this? And the same time, God keeps giving you the strength that you need, keeps getting you up in the morning, keep making sure you have food on your table, keep making sure that the kids are all right, keep making sure that the marriage stays together, keep making sure. And even when it don't, God keeps picking you up when you're by yourself. God is a friend to the friendless. That whatever you need, but because of misery, because of all the stuff we're going through, we can't see the mercy that is all around. Mary... In her obscure place, Mary in her lowest state, Mary in her poorness, when the angel of the Lord showed up, she wasn't poor me. Misery does love company, but when you know the Lord and you know God when he shows up, you can begin to receive the mercy he comes to give. That's why she wrote a song. To me, the song is displaced. We're having this dialogue and annunciation, visitation, adoration, and all of a sudden we have this song in the midst of the text. And in my text, it's written differently. It's like a, it's like a song. It's like poems. Like, I'm like, hmm, okay, Luke, did you really have to include? Yes. For us. For hope. For healing. For humility. For us. And the thing about it is, God says before sometimes there's exaltation, you got to go through humiliation. Sometimes before it gets great, it's just got to be good. Sometimes before you get to the top, you got to come from the bottom. You wonder why you struggle. So I heard this story. It's always stuck with me. So I'm going to just, I guess if you heard it before, God be praised. If you haven't, I hope it hits you how it hits me. There was a man who was walking in his backyard and he was very observant of just about everything. And he noticed there were two cocoons. One where there was a, two cocoons, a caterpillar was about to become a butterfly. And one had become a chrysalis. It had become hardened and began to crack. And he could see in it. And he can see that there was a struggle. There was a change happening. He could observe and see that there was a lot of struggle going on inside the chrysalis. And so as he watched, he had a soft heart. He had a loving heart. This man watched it and he couldn't take it anymore, the misery that he saw going on. And so what he did was he reached in on the chrysalis and he, where it was cracking and began to crack it open a little bit more. And because he reached in and did that, the would-be butterfly fell down and died. So the next day he's in his backyard again and he goes right back to the other cocoon, which it too has become a chrysalis. It too had begun to crack. It, too, had struggle that was going on on the inside. And as he watched the struggle and as he watched what was going on, the cracks in the chrysalis, every once in a while the sunlight 
would hit through the crack and hit the wings and begin to open the close the wings a little bit more. He saw that there was a process. And as much as he wanted to reach in and stop the process and stop the struggle, he just watched. And as he watched, he saw that little by little, the, the, the caterpillar now becoming a butterfly got stronger and stronger and stronger to break away a part of the chrysalis and break away another part of the chrysalis and break away the full thing. And what he realized it was the struggle. It was the process that gave the butterfly the strength to fulfill its purpose, to be a butterfly. God sees our struggle. He sees what we're going through. He can reach in and stop it. And I know we want him to, but sometimes God says, I got something for you that when this is over, you're going to be so strong to help somebody else going through their changes and their, their problems and their misery. But you can't, but you're not going to be ready to help somebody else if you're blinded by your misery and miss the mercy. Struggle is our strength. Don't waste a good struggle. And we're going to be done. God bless you. Listen, as we enter into this worship experience, um, if you would like dig and do a little work and examine, like push to a space and a place in your heart and your mind, I know you've come with some people. Just be, don't, don't be distracted by the person to your left or your right. Focus in on the Almighty God. And don't let your misery distract you from getting the mercy God has come to give. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.